I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with Jessica Michelle Singleton. That's me. Uh, I should have said with me first, because now I feel like I've referred to myself in third person inadvertently, and I'm not crazy about it. Uh, So that's that. Uh, But that's why we're here, you guys. I have guests on of all walks of life and, and with different jobs and ideas and religions and i ask them ignorant questions about it or just regular questions or creepy questions i ask a lot of questions so uh yeah that's why we're here if you're new to the podcast now you know and if you could subscribe rate and review ignorances hashtag blessed on itunes because that helps and you guys have been so helpful with those but i know there's more of you who haven't done it yet so just take a second and review the podcast it helps and it makes me so happy And I, uh, you know, never hurts to get a little help being happy, especially right now because it's rainy and I live in Los Angeles and we're all huge babies about the rain. So yeah, go review this because the rain is making me bummed out and, uh, it also hurts my arthritis. So it legitimately bums me out, not just in a dramatic, like, oh, a cloud kind of way, but enough about me. You guys, last week I told you that I thought I didn't have the audio for the Benji Aflalo podcast that I recorded, but I am a liar. I'm not a liar. I was wrong. I thought that it had cut out before we ended and it didn't. So I have it. And this is that episode. It's Benji, Benji, Benji Aflalo week. Uh, for those that don't know, Benji Aflalo is an amazing comedian and writer and star of the new show Alone Together on Freeform Wednesdays at 830. It's, uh, it just came out two weeks ago when I was planning to have this. And then I had to wrestle with the audio situation uh, where uh, you guys, this is okay. Wait. So I got the audio from the uh, sound guy in the comedy store uh, podcast studio and we had recorded it at night and he had been drunk that night. So I was really annoyed and he sent me the audio and at the end of the audio, there was me being like, I don't even know if this recorded. God damn it. Drunk Mike. (laughs) And he for sure heard that. Uh, And hopefully he knows that, uh, I mean, I was legitimately mad, but you know, he was also legitimately drunk and it's kind of funny to me now. And I don't hate him, but it was really funny to hear me being really angry in that moment. Uh, so yay. Hi, Mike. If you heard that, I'm, uh, you know, my bad. Hope it didn't hurt your feelings. I don't know. I would have yelled it at him if he was in there. So I guess there's no point in me saying my bad. It just feels weird because I said it and he wasn't there and then I became acutely aware of the fact that I said something when someone wasn't around about them because he would have probably heard it sending me the sound if he listened and then I felt bad that I didn't just say it to uh to him because that's what I usually do is just tell you to your face when I'm angry um and call you drunk Mike regardless of your name or your uh state of inebriation okay Really quick, before we start the episode, I am coming to Hawaii this week, and holy shit, am I excited slash a little bit bummed because the weather app says it's going to be raining (laughs) in Honolulu, which is kind of fucked up and feels kind of personal, honestly, but I'm not going to take it personal. 
Ah, uh, cause that'd be crazy. And I'm also kidding. Uh, Wednesday, January 24th, 8 p.m. Anna O'Brien's. That is where I'm at in Honolulu. It's going to be a super fun show. My friend Buddy's coming. And then we're just going to be on Hawaii doing some stuff. And it's going to be real fun. So that's that. And then I head to New York, New York. But first, Philadelphia Helium with Ari Shafir, the 1st of February through the 3rd. Uh, and then the following week on the 7th, I will be at the Gutter Bar in Brooklyn for Comedians You Should Know. And hopefully I'll stack on some other shows. And the weekend after that, on the 9th and 10th, Washington, D.C. people, I'm coming to Arlington Draft House. So... Get excited. Come to those shows, February 9th and 10th. And then I'll be working out in New York um, all of February and March, aside from those weekend dates. So if you're listening to this and you live in New York, I'm going to be there probably doing shows. And if you're a person who has a show in New York or is a comedian who can recommend shows or tell people that they should book me, that would be great because I want to do as many shows as I can. And, uh, you know, I love New York or whatever. So that's that. Okay, you guys. I've gone on long enough. Uh, let's listen to Benji Flaw. Oh, of the episode. So Benji, like there's a big thing in LA when you live here where everyone's like, nobody's actually from LA because it's a bunch of transplants. It's a bunch of people who are hot in their hometowns and are fives in LA. And they're like, I'm going to be a star. And we all come out here with dreams. And then most of us get dashed and go home and probably get pregnant or something. I don't know. That wasn't my route. But who knows? But Benji actually is from Los Angeles. He is uh, 100% uh, born and raised here, three generations deep. He grew up in Beverly Hills. He is a Dodgers fan and he is just LA through and through. So we talk about that growing up in LA, growing up around the children of celebrities living in Beverly Hills. Uh, it's really interesting and Benji's awesome and we have some laughs and it's fun. So yeah, there you go. Enjoy. It's Benji. And he's going to be on Alone Together. You guys, it's a great show. You're projecting a lot of anxiety onto me that I'm not feeling. So you're not feeling it. So no, you. This is all you. Doesn't even exist in the room. Okay. If it's all me, then why aren't you pointing out anxiety? Why am I pointing it out? What, what do you mean I'm projecting it onto you? You're like acting all anxious and acting like there's a big anxious situation. There's not. I just. You're like, I'm not used to recording here. I don't know. Listen, you guys. Never doing this again. Benji's a bully and he's picking on me. We're recording live from the Comedy Store podcast studio and I had to ask for help and it causes me deep anxiety. I have literal panic attacks asking for help, Benji. So wait, am I a bully or are you, do you have anxiety? Because all I did was say you have anxiety. And then you called okay, me a Okay, well, if I had one eye, you'd be a bully for being like, you have one eye. <laughs> <laughs> so just because it's an invisible sickness. I'm just letting you know that I'm not anxious. That's well, all. Now you're bragging. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, you're just like. But I'm, that's not a bully. That's just someone who's bragging. I'm just really zen and never anxious. I get anxious. Come on, honey. Do you? Oh, yeah. You grew up in L.A. Let's just, let me just totally derail. Yes, I did. I feel like. You're going to lead this conversation, right? I Yeah, I am. I'm a good interviewer. Oh, okay. Go. Um, hello, and welcome back. <laughs> um, okay, wait. I feel like, does this city make people anxious? I don't know. Um, no, I don't think any more than any other city. It's so, kind of like a suburban city, so I don't see how. 
oh, maybe like, the traffic can make people anxious, but the fact that you think LA is a suburban city is a I've lived in LA my whole life thing to say. Well, it's not New York, it's not Paris, it's like spread out. Oh, but you it's need not a car. Like Anchorage. No, I don't mean like it's suburban. I just mean like there's driving around. It's not like I guess so. real city living. It's not like that. Dent. It's like spread out. Yeah, he went, to, he went to New York once, and he's like, it's not a real city. I mean, it's it's it is, but it's not like. I feel like in a city, it's like you walk out of your house, you go to a bar, you buy some milk. It's like that's not happening here. What part of L.A. did you grow up in? Mostly Beverly Hills, but also Malibu. Oh, fancy. Well, those are the least city parts of the city. You're like, L.A. is not a city. No, you live in an isolated cubicle of wealth where they're like, we don't like it to seem like a city. I actually think Beverly Hills is more city-like than it's its own city. So I, I think it's more I mean, city-like than most parts of the city. I guess. I, I mean, I guess I just, when I think of Beverly Hills, I think of versus any other city. I feel... I feel like I picture the residential part so separate from the little city part, but I guess it's close enough that that's not. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, almost no, unless you live in the hills of Beverly Hills, for the most part, as a kid, I could ride my bike to the baseball card store. Or They had a baseball card store. They did. He ripped me off a lot. But there was also a toy store that sold baseball cards, so I went there too. Did you collect like tons of baseball cards? I did. Do you still have them? And you're like, I wish I, these were worth anything now. Are they still worth anything? No, I have. I still have a lot of them. They're not really worth much. And my parents were right. They were a waste of time. Your parents said my, that? Oh, my parents are so white trash that they were like, hold on to them baseball cards, kids. <laughs> you're going to get us out of here with that fucking Nolan Ryan rookie card. Oh, I'd love a Nolan Ryan rookie uh, card. Oh, God, of just binders and binders. And you know what's not fair? I'm probably going to buy a Nolan Ryan rookie card in the next year. Just because, because now that you're so dream, wealthy. It was my dream card as a kid. He was great. And then I almost bought one when I was a kid, and I was like, I'm going to let my mom know my plan to buy a Nolan Ryan rookie card with all the money I saved up. And, and she's she, like, she freaked out and said I couldn't. It's a waste of money. And now I really want one. I feel like... Baseball cards don't get enough flack for what a fad they were because people still talk shit about Beanie Babies. And it's like, those were man Beanie Babies, and no one will admit it. Yeah, there's a lot going on with baseball cards. I think right now people still buy sports cards. I have a friend. For nostalgia? No, I have a friend who buys new sports cards, and he's a full-grown man. And, Your friend is an idiot. Um, Sure. Is he uh, a rich idiot? Is he, like, super wealthy? No, he's a comic. It's John Campanelli. Oh, my God. You're he, friends he, with John? I'm just kidding. <laughs> He buys he still baseball buys cards baseball? and football cards regularly. And but I feel like he also probably walks around his home in a full Batman costume and is like, I am Batman. Yeah. yeah. So like, he's just a character, you know? I think a lot of it came from like baby boomers and like Mickey Mantle cards that they didn't think would be worth anything. And then when baby boomers got old and rich in the process of collapsing our economy, baby <laughs> Mickey Mantle cards had all this demand and they got really expensive. So like... Then my generation was like thinking like, which oh, one of these cards is going to be the next Mickey, Mickey Mantle, Mantle card? card? And then um, the answer is none. Uh, what a waste! I mean, yeah. the 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 goddamn Fred it, McGriff cards I have that took me nowhere. I love Fred. Fred McGriff was my favorite. I, I wanted have a to Fred marry McGriff him. Jersey in my stop. Closet. I had a big fo framed photo of him on my wall, and I was like, one day it's going to be me and Fred McGriff. I tried to get Fred McGriff on my TV show. Oh my gosh! Why? Or no, I tried to get a Fred McGriff jersey on my wall, and that's what happened. For the tried, TV show? And then you have to get clearance, and like getting in touch with Fred McGriff was impossible. I wish you would have told me, because I worked at Chick-fil-A in Florida with a guy who was an assistant coach of this Jesuit high school team, and Fred McGriff was the head coach. You can't find Fred McGriff. He coaches a high school baseball team. 
I don't think he does. He does. Well, it's anyways, Jesuit. Hollywood professionals try to find Fred McGriff. And Hollywood professionals can suck a dick. Are you listening? You're not. <laughs> I mean, those are the people I work with. I'm just kidding. They're really great. Some of them probably suck dicks for fun. I you love know? Fred McGriff. And actually, I think him not being in the Hall of Fame is a huge snub. And if I have to take a platform, it's Fred McGriff should be in the Hall of Fame. and Operation That's the platform you're going to take. And Operation Ivy should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So forget about helping people. Fred McGriff. Those are my platforms. Now that you're you're approaching your launch to super success, you've thought this out and you're like, if I could take a stand on one thing, it would be getting Fred McGriff in the Hall of Fame. And Operation Ivy. As you step over hobos on your way to work. <laughs> Literally, I... Sometimes do. We worked in Studio City last season. This season, we're going to be working in Van Nuys, and it's a little more gritty. Oh, moving kinda. up in the world. No. Is it like on location you're working there? No, just our office and studio space is now in Van Nuys. So it's like... What a, a, It's pretty real. Oh, no. Budget cuts. It's pretty real. Oh, man. You and Van Nuys. I feel like it's just going to be so much complaining. It's okay because, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I was about to say something, and I was like, I actually don't complain about it because I'm so grateful. grateful. To, I'm very grateful. So I don't complain about it that much. I'm more like, do I have to get an apartment in Van Nuys temporarily? Oh. More on the train of thinking. Just because it's, how often are you, how long are you on set? It can be like 15-hour days sometimes. So, and it's just easier to be close by. Yeah, because last year, last season slash year, uh, we were in Studio City, which is like a 22-minute to 27-minute drive. Oh. And and there was never a moment where I was like, what an easy addition of my day having this commute because it's like you're so worn out. So the fact that now my commute can potentially be even longer and, and I'll, I'll just objectively be even more worn out. Where do you live now? West Hollywood. West Hollywood. I have an idea. You get an apartment in Van Nuys. I'll live in your apartment until you come back. Uh, no. For no reason. My plan, I have my own home, but just because it's more convenient to where I want to be. My plan now is to feel it out once we start work on Monday. and then You start on Monday for writing. the second season? Yeah. And then if writing is too stressful working there or too taxing. Is it a big – is the writing staff big? Is it just like <clears throat> you and Esther and the other producers? Um, it's me, Esther, our co-creator, uh, our showrunner, and then we hired four writers. Oh, that's exciting yeah. and rude because I wasn't even invited. I'm kidding. Wait, let's talk about LA. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. That's the topic of this episode, right? Yeah. Is that I'm from LA? Is that you're from LA? Because you're an LA native and no one is. Exactly. But I also and feel- I, And I love hate LA. You love hate? Yeah. Tell me about that. Wait, what do you- I love LA because I'm from here, and it's such a um, it's such a big, diverse city that can offer you so many different things. It's kind of like a city of cities, yeah. So that it can give you so many different things. But then I guess I kind of only hate it because I'm from here, and it, I want to like run, like I, I was born to run, like Bruce. And then <laughs> you look just like Bruce Springsteen. You guys like have the same body and everything. You know what? I just saw him live on Broadway, and he's I, I cried the whole time. I saw you post a ticket for that, and I was like, fuck you, Benji. I took How the ticket down because that felt like a braggy thing. But it I was such a braggy thing. And I, 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 that's why I took it down. I didn't. It wasn't a braggy thing. I don't think I can explain to you how excited I I cried the second I walked into the theater. I mean, as soon as I saw that ticket. I was ticket, so grateful to go see him. I was like, I just started binging on Bruce. Um, It was amazing. I didn't know that. I, I only hate L.A. because I live in West Hollywood, and I'm not a big fan of the part of West Hollywood I live in. Oh, you, What were you going to say? You're homophobic. No. I'm it's, kidding. I live in the fancy part of West Hollywood, so there's like, 
there's like no chill factor. It's like there's no place I can go to like just, dress kind of schlubby and get a beer and have people. Treat oh, you me feel like, like you have to look really good all the time. It's just very. It's a very uppity part of West Hollywood. And you're a slob. It's not that I'm a slob. It's just that like I kind of want to chill. Yeah. Okay. Like I'd like to have a local bar or restaurant so that I go would, to that's chill. So but you I don't have that. Would like to live somewhere that's a little more hipster, but you like the convenience. I, I want to live where you live. In I, Highland Park. Yeah, that's that would be where I would live ideally. You want to buy a house there? I do. Yeah. Come, but come by my house. Come by my house. I want to talk about Bruce more. Wait, let's talk about Bruce. Who gives a fuck about LA? He said, "Well, what he said was in in the show. He goes like, um, he like set it up well. It was very funny." And he was talking about, like, how much it meant to him to, like, get out of his hometown. Like, a lot of his songs are about leaving his hometown leaving, and, yeah. and running and hopping in a car. And, and he talked about going on the road and how much inspiring that was for him and how the, your old hometown can restrict you yes. and how important it is to leave. And then he goes, I live 10 minutes from where I grew up. And so I really related to that because so I have all those. always go back home. Yeah, I have all those same feelings and I literally live. Yeah, but did he minutes. always live 10 minutes? Like, he went out. I think from what I gathered from his show that he also lived in L.A. for a little bit. Yeah. But I don't I don't know too much about where he is. Have you ever lived. lived anywhere else? New York, right? I lived in New York for two years in Arizona for three. You lived in Arizona for I went three to years? the University of Arizona in Tucson for three years, and then I transferred what to a school in New doing? York. What were you doing? What were you studying? Everything. You were just like... I switched my major every semester. You had no idea what you wanted to do. I went in as a theater major, of then course. then became business, then I became um, religious studies. Relatable. Yeah. It's and interesting. It's really interesting. I took then, one class, like an, an elective, and I was like, oh shit, I wish I would have done more of these classes. That's what happened to me, is I took like an intro to religion class, and then I was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever learned about. Yeah. And so... For the semester after that, I was like, I'm a religious studies major. I still take religious classes for free online. I just started. It's about scriptures. It doesn't matter. That's fine. But I listen to Kabbalah webinars. Man, we're nerds, but it's just like trying so to, cool. You were you were vulnerable, so I was. Thanks. Did you yeah. just make that up? No. Oh. Um, so you went from there to New York. You were like, I got to go back to a big city. Um, I was in Tucson. I didn't really belong there. I was really dumb leaving high school and no one really helped me go to college like I don't mean like helped me I just mean like I feel like a lot of kids especially where I grew up have like parents who are like we're gonna go tour colleges and where do you right? want to like they did all this stuff and took an interest and no one did that with me oh so same. I ended Aww. up going I got into every school I applied to because I didn't I yeah. was like I'm just gonna apply to s- schools I applied to so many schools that, out of fear yeah no I didn't understand that no one was helping me so I ended up going to a school that was kind of for dummies. Why did anyone help you? I did the same thing. I got a fat scholarship, though, and I was like, why do they want to give me so much money? And then I went there, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I had no concept of anything. Yeah? Yeah. No one helped me because I was my parents' fifth kid, and all of the kids Shut dropped up. out of college. So they were like, fuck it. Yeah, and my, yeah. And, like, one of my <laughs> sisters, like, went to college, then, like, studied abroad for a semester, yeah. And did like nothing and really just went to Europe and had them pay for it and then dropped out of school. So by the time it came to me, they had like four. They were like, whatever. Who cares? Do whatever. But like, we're not going to invest our time into it. And it was like at a time where like there was a lot of like neoconservatism happening. And they were like, be a plumber. Go to school. It's the same thing. <laughs> and like it was so like they just didn't get care. a trade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, so no one helped me. And, and it's not like I think that's a bad school, but. If there's anything I learned from that experience is, is like, 
go to the best college you get into or like yeah. go to the best place you can get into because I think a lot of the people I was at school with did that and I could have gone to a better place or a place more suited for me. Yes. And I didn't understand that. Like in my head, I was like, it's like summer camp college. Like, because in high school, you're like, college about partying, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. oh, so I'm just choosing a place to go to summer camp. Yeah. Like that was literally what I was kind of thinking. Um, Me too. I, I didn't understand. Florida. Like, oh, it makes me so mad because it, it's also so much of it, I think, with industry stuff now is I have friends that went to school where that, the networking has actually helped them just having gone to a school where a bunch of other people oh, go to. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, there's not like a bunch of people in Hollywood, like the university of South Florida. I mean, yeah, there's no like U of a community. Uh, yeah. Do I know you from Tucson? Like w- one time I met all these, like I went to like a small get together and it was like my friend's manager's assistant. Like it was my friend's manager's assistant through a party. And a manager's assistant is like usually kind of younger, like yeah. wants to be working entertainment, not like, I mean, I love my manager's assistant. He's a cool, capable person. But yeah. very often, someone who is a manager's assistant is a little flighty. Oh, Anyways, um, it was like a party full of those types of people. Yeah. And then, like, U of A came up. And they're like, we went to U of A. You <gasps> went to U of A? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, didn't you love it? And I'm like, no. They're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, why didn't you love it? And I'm like, I don't know. The people were stupid. And there was, like, no culture. And, <laughs> and like... Everyone was, you know, stupid. And then they're like, so? <laughs> I love that their attitude was just like, who gives a yeah. fuck? I mean, it's a party school, and I wasn't that kind of guy, so. Yeah, I feel like U of A is a, like, a notorious party school. Yeah, and I also looked really young. Like, when oh. I was 18, I looked 12. Because you look 18 now. Yeah, You're so. Like baby. I got a fake ID taken away. Like, I wasn't going to get into the cool bar scene. Like, I actually just met someone who I genuinely really, really, really like. And we found out that we went to U of A at the same time. Oh my but gosh. she's, like, a, a tall, pretty blonde girl, and she had the best time. And So it's not even, like, when I make fun of U of A, I just think it's, like, a funny punchline. Like, obviously, I think you can go there and be super cool, but it just wasn't mine. In case you're listening, Deborah, (laughs) I decided her name's Deborah, which it's definitely not. That's not a hot girl name. Right. Um, Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So now you live really close to where you grew up. Tell me about growing up here. Wait. I feel like Beverly Hills is such a uniquely specific L.A. experience, though. Um, Yeah, it can be. I mean... I think a lot of your experience growing up here will be, like, the type of school you go to. Mm. So, like, I was a little more, like, uh, sheltered slash imprisoned because I went to Jewish school through eighth grade. You did? You were, like, yeah. super Jewish. Yeah, I went to a very reformed school from fourth to eighth grade, so it wasn't, like, super Jewish. It was, like, we had a female rabbi. Oh, All my wow. teachers were, like, Israeli lesbians into, like, mysticism and shit. So, Hot. like, so like I we, we grew up very, like... For the time, the 90s, it was a very progressive way to grow up, even though okay. it was a Jewish school. Oh, wow. So that's kind of why I'm a little bit of a softie. I was. Oh, you're all protected from the real world. I was raised by forward-thinking, liberal did, Jewish people. Did you just think that... Not my parents are conservative, but at that school, that's what... At the school. Oh, yeah. you're, you're like, not my parents at all. No. Yeah. Did you... Did that give you a false perception of how Jewish the world was? You know what it did give me is... it. Gave me a, f- I, I don't know if this is offensive, but like I always kind of thought I was white. Yeah. And then when I went to U of A, I was like, I'm not like, like I felt like people treated me differently. Like because- you're like, oh, Jews are, are its own thing. Well, I also think because I'm like part North African, like I'm just like a little darker, a little Jewier, a little smaller. And then when I went to U of A and everyone's like, hi, I'm white and I love drinking. I was just like, I, I just felt like 
different in a way. It's not like I went there and I didn't feel white. I just felt like different. Yeah, I always didn't feel different. And then there, but and there was, I felt like a, a visual element of maybe like I don't you know if looking it's different, just or... looking different. Yeah, okay. or not being as white because I didn't grow up with such hardcore white American people. Like, like I grew up. With American even when flags I, and, and flamingos in their yard. Yeah, like even <laughs> in high school, mean. it was like mostly like Middle Eastern people and stuff. Oh, wow. So and 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 so and because I'm only like part Middle Eastern, like I felt like I was wasn't that Middle Eastern, like because I went to Beverly High. That's like yeah. mostly Iranian kids. Oh, okay. So I always sort of felt like, oh, I'm not as Middle Eastern as them. Like I'm not. Like I don't know. Like it was like that. But then she's like everywhere you went, you felt you were like a little not the same as everyone. Sort of. Yeah. And then yeah. And then when I went to U of A, I was like, oh, I'm I'm pretty Middle Eastern. And U of A is probably like like a heavy, like white, white people school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're coming from somewhere, even just like L.A. in general, there's such diversity. Yeah. And then to be like, oh, this is what the rest of America looks like. Overall, I think I'm a white person. Yeah. But. I think but, you probably in, enjoy most of the privileges of a white yes. man. Yes. And I think there was like an article recently about like whether or not Jews are white. I, this needs to stop. These articles stop. Yeah. Like, why are we analyzing that? Just yeah. treat people the same. Yeah, are you going to yeah, be yeah. nicer to Jews because you think they're white, or are you going to be meaner to them because it's like fuck white men? Like, why are why are people writing these articles? I think it's mostly that. Like, I don't know. I I think it's like uh, I think it's something worth addressing because I think especially me, I feel like I look kind of visually Jewish. Yes. And I learned in that college that like there is something sort of different about me. Whether it's that I look Middle Eastern or that I'm just not super white. Or that you're, like, little. But then at the same time to dismiss that I am white and there are aspects of white privilege and stuff that I have. I, I think unfair. that's the... Yeah, that would be the unfair part. To be like, I'm not white. I'm just like everyone else who's... Not white. Horribly marginalized or, you know. Yeah, because it's like you're passable, you know? Yeah. Like, cops aren't going to be like, what, are you like a Jew or something? I mean, maybe. Well, also, it's like my last name is pretty Middle Eastern. Like, there was one time in Dallas where I'm in a car, and it's me with Middle Eastern last name, my brother's friend, Middle Eastern last name, and then this other girl was in the car, and she's she's also, she's like half white, half Middle Eastern, and her last name is like Middle Eastern. And then we got rear-ended. <gasps> and... uh in Texas? In Texas. We got rear-ended, and she was pregnant. So she, now she's crying. She's out of the car. She's, like, really nervous. It wasn't, like, a super hard hit. The oh, people get out of the car are, like, the two more, most drunk, white trash women. Oh, no. Methy-looking with Smirnoff Probably in the car. Probably my Aunt Chris. With Smirnoff in the car, like, like uh. wasted. And this is downtown Dallas. And, and like, so I she's crying and pregnant. And they're, like, kind of yelling at us. And so I immediately lost my temper and started, like, yelling at fucking them and then the cops roll up and almost arrest me <gasps> and then i'm like they're fucking drunk why are you arresting me they're like well we rolled up here and you're fucking nah, 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 nah. and then we don't take kindly to your kind exactly we're here. like this the sand people from la <laughs> sand people and uh and meanwhile they're like wasted with smirnoff visibly obviously drunk hit us and i'm pretty sure they just let them go away and we had to like go to the hospital to make sure she was okay god i hate was she okay yeah, she was. Fine. Oh, thank goodness. But in that situation, it's like, it's like, what are we gonna find it's like out? how white am I in that situation? Yeah. You know what I mean? So when the cops come, it's just like whoever's the whitest wins. I guess, yeah. <laughs> They're just like, oh, uh, yeah, you guys can go. <laughs> yeah. They just have to find someone to make their scapegoat. In oh. my head, because I'm so nervous about what I'm saying, I'm like, 
did I say anything that's going to get me in trouble? I don't think you said anything. I think I'm okay. I'm fairly woke, right? You didn't say anything offensive. I think it's also okay to go, here's the thing I was or am like unsure about saying. I think it's, but that's the whole premise of my podcast too, is that I think it's important to do stuff like that because I get, I get that people are offended and we need to like simmer down on bullying. But I also think, complete silence isn't the answer. Like if you don't right. understand something, just not asking about it because you don't right. want to offend someone doesn't rid you of your ignorance. It's all fun you know? and games until you get the hate tweets and then it's like, oh no, I shouldn't have said maybe I'm not white or... You, oh, you must be so... Yeah. <laughs> Are you... Sure? This is how like dumb I am is that if I didn't know you, if I saw you and someone told me your name, I would be like, oh, he's like Italian? Like that's... I don't know. Yeah. Because... There's an O at the end of your name. That's literally, I'm just like, oh, Italian, a vowel. Right. Um, all right. So, LA, are you a big, uh, diehard, like, LA fan person? Do you go the hard for the teams? Dodgers and Kings? And I go hard for the Dodgers, but they break my heart every year. And then there's like a cycle where after my heart gets broken, I decide I hate, I hate sports. Oh, it's like women? It's, uh... Do you do that with women? Um, not, not as consistently as I do with the Dodgers. Okay. The Dodgers break my heart once a year. Right now, yes, I am broken from women, but it's not like a cycle like it is with Dodgers. You're right. And then, um, yeah. And then, uh, the Lakers, I sort of let go in high school. I was going to say Clippers or Lakers. Is that a thing? Lakers. Was that a thing growing up here that it's like you had to choose? If you were a Clippers fan growing up here, like. You're a loser. It's just like, wasn't. It was either, like, for me, a Clippers fan is, like, someone who's not from L.A. and wants to, like, but it lives here now and wants to like a team but grew up hating the Lakers, so they choose the Clippers. Or, yeah, the Clippers just lost so much my whole life. And Donald Sterling ran them, like, just like a a youth hostel. Like, it was just bare bones. And so, and then the the Lakers were great my whole life. You yeah. know, I, I had Magic Johnson as a super little kid, and then I had Shaquille O'Neal. Did you and go to Kobe. games and see Shaq? Um, I went to some games, but they've always been like so expensive that I didn't go to that many games. Ah, uh, Shaq Diesel. Yeah, Did but they? I saw I saw Shaquille O'Neal actually lived across the street from my house while he was shooting Kazam. So I saw him in real no, life. No, he didn't. Kazam's yeah. the last movie I saw with my dad before he abandoned the family. He ate all the nacho cheese. It's, yeah. yeah, you cling to the important things in life. Because yeah. it was a great movie. I yeah. probably wouldn't hold up. I'd probably be like, I bet up. it totally does. Do you think it would? Yeah. I think I just loved... I feel like there was a big basketball players and movie streak mm-hmm. at that time with like... Uh, I guess I'm just thinking of Space Jam. I guess I let go of the Lakers after college. You did? What happened? You just gave up basketball? I felt like it was fixed. And then that, that, uh, that ref went down from gambling on games. And I was oh. like, I knew it was fixed. And so I was like, I'm done with this. Are you done with basketball? You haven't come back? Not really. I mean, for Kobe's last season, I went and watched him play live. I also don't like Laker fans. Yeah. I like I like the Lakers because I grew up here and stuff, but you I don't like... You data against Jack Nicholson? No, I like Jack Nicholson. If you go to a Laker game and sit in good seats, it's like the type of people who go to nightclubs sit in good seats oh. at Laker games. So, like, I'm watching this game. Like, Kobe in his last season was done. Like, his legs weren't working. And... You knew that if you had watched him played in the last three years, that it, like you know he was he yeah was he's messed up old. The whole game, it's people yelling at Kobe, being like, "Come on, Kobe!" I'm like, "Have you seen this guy in the last three years?" Like, 
Stop yelling at him. He's about to be you're done. Product- you're like protective of him. You're like, leave Kobe alone. Well, it's like, do you not have any scope of anything? Like, who goes and watch a guy who's playing his 10th to last game and yell at him about running faster? Yeah, it's it's like, like, let him have it. And then they're doing selfies the whole time. Of course. From cause... the third row or like taking pictures and just like, sit down. Like, like watch the game. Sit down. Like, oh. what are you doing? So I also am not the biggest fan of a lot of Dodgers. Like, I don't like... The uh, the L A fan base. I was gonna say that feels like a really L A thing to be like at an at a game, where it's like I feel like you go in theory you go to if you're a fan of a team in the Midwest you go and everyone's just into the game and here it's like I need to let people know that I was hanging out at this game. Yeah, there's that. I I mean I also don't like a lot of the critique on L A fans because there's like mostly because it's hack jokes of like they're gonna show up late and leave early. You see, it's like stuff like that. Like for, don't people do that everywhere? Yeah, know. people do that everywhere. <laughs> people like to project, like, that's not the reason I don't like L.A. fans. I, I don't like L.A. fans because they're either aggressive or they're douchey. But it's, uh, I don't aggressive actually. Aggressive fans are scary. Yeah. Like, I'll go, like, one time I was at a Dodger game and it was, like, an interleague game where we're playing the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. And everyone's like, fuck the Red Sox. <laughs> and it's, like, an interleague game. It's, like, I don't think the Dodgers have ever played the Red Sox. And wow. you are acting like. They have severely wronged us. It's like huge rivalry. Yeah, and it's like we've never. They didn't in, in, kill your family. Relax. Yeah. In fact, we trade with them a lot, and we have a really good relationship with the Red Sox. And you're running around ready to start a gang war with the Red Sox. I love that you're getting anxious. They're like, we're gonna ruin our relations with the Red Sox because yeah. of these fans. That's sports fans are what ruin sports for me. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say, but yeah, just people like that who get like too serious, and it's like, can you just take a breath here? Yeah. Okay, so you grew up. I don't like sports rivalries. They bother me. What's to me? It's like when I people mean, people hate another team. Like I hate some teams, but like there's you gotta have a good reason. But yeah, what were I we mean, gonna say? I mean, I don't know. I'm just always with. I just have weird identity issues, and I'm like, ah, get a life. Oh, you're a fan of this team. I have that too, and that's why every time the Dodgers break my heart, I'm like, I'm what am I doing you. with this fan stuff? It's so stupid. Why did I attach my emotions to this thing I can't control? And that like has no effect on anything. Yeah, it's like not going to change your life. Did you grow so? Did you grow up around a lot of like famous people? Not really, because um, I went to like Jewish private school. So there weren't famous Jewish kids. No famous kids people. Of Jew- Jews. They send their kids to like fancy private schools in L.A. So oh. a, a Jewish school isn't a fancy private school. Oh, wow. And then Beverly, also same thing, not a fancy school. It's in Beverly Hills. and it's Is a, that like public high school for Beverly Hills? It's a public high school for Beverly Hills. So it's mostly people who are like trying to get into the district so they can send their kids to a decent school. Oh. But, if, but most like upper snooty Beverly Hills people are still sending their kids to private school. Interesting. But I really wanted to go there because after being in Jewish private school through eighth grade, you're like, send me to a public school. I want to know what real life is like, even though it's Beverly High. And so it wasn't like real life, but it's like less sheltered than... Imagine going to Beverly Hills High and being like... <laughs> This is the real world. <laughs> well, there was an element of like, it was a little bit more like that. Like, I was always intimidated by real private school kids. Like, really? Yeah, because they would be famous people's kids. Oh. Or they'd be like, my dad's an entertainment lawyer for the Scorpions or something like that. And you'd be like, okay, my, my parents own apartment buildings and I, sometimes I help them get quarters out of laundry machines. I'm not <laughs> my father. Yeah. <laughs> My dad is Michael Jackson's lawyer or something, you know. So I would always. Your dad's a bad man. Or they'd be like a famous person's kid. So I was like really intimidated by those kids. And they were, I don't want to say they were all not good, but 
imagine a famous person's child. It's like, and you're not a famous person's child. You're just going to be kind of scared of them, and they've seen and done things you never have and probably dress cooler than you. And Did you have any, like, famous people's kids that lived near you that you had, like, a crush on and, you're, and you were enamored by? Um, hmm. No, it was mostly I didn't know any famous people's kids. And then in high school, I made some friends with private school kids. So I interacted with those kids a little bit. And then I actually didn't go to Beverly for a year. I did go to a private school. And then I met some of those kids, but I was always just scared of them. And just really intimidated. I think they yeah, they grow up a little faster. Famous people's kids or like I wasn't that sophisticated in general. I'm still not so. You? Yeah. You're so sophisticated. I'm still scared. I just got like an invite to like a Golden Globe party and like <gasps> Benji, that's great. And then I was like, I'm not gonna go. Go. I'm I'm I don't I don't I don't do good in that stuff. Why? No, but you will. You just no. go and you hang uh-uh. out. I have I I like And then I, you take me with you. I'd what? Ha- I have a panic attack in those situations. Would you? But do you does part of you wish that you wouldn't? Do you do you have a party that wishes you were like, I can schmooze? Or are you just like, who cares? Um yeah, who cares? I mean, it's not like I can't schmooze. It's just like at a show busy party where there'll be like celebrities and stuff. Like, I'd rather not. Yeah, but what if the, there's a celebrity you think is like super cute and they're there and they see you and they're like, oh my God, aren't you that guy from that thing? And then you fall in love. Mm, maybe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. But you could say that about going to Whole Foods too. It's like you can go anywhere. And Do you even go to Whole Foods? Yeah, of course. I thought you were more of an Air One type. I go to Air One for like prepared foods, but to get groceries. Air One is foods. a very fancy grocery store. Yeah. In I'm telling. All my listeners in bumfuck wherever you guys live. Just I love so you guys know, I'm in constant fear now of saying something that's going to get me in trouble. And oh. like now in my head, I'm like rewinding everything I just said and being like, okay. You didn't say anything wrong. Constant fear. They'll blame Because you me. know me, like I used to really say whatever the fuck I wanted. Yeah, how's your material now? Um, I, I'm definitely more careful. Yeah. Um, and, but mostly I like to be. Because I kind of had this shift where, like, I have this 
one joke now that's like kind of like uplifting and nice. Oh. And then look at this new binge. Yeah, and then it would work mm. so well that when like it then became like, okay, how do I space around all my antagonizing mean stuff around this new joke that makes people happy? <laughs> Everything else and then is just I was, bullying. And then I was like I was like, wait, what am I doing? Like and so I'm doing my best to like, yeah, be more positive, but I'm no I'm not a prolific guy, but I want very much so to yeah. Be Steve Simone in terms of comedy. I mean... I want to be him. He's so positive. I want to be that because a lot of me feels that way. Like, I'm not Steve Simone. He's obviously an angel of a human being. I mean, but just like part the of happiest. Me, yeah. I want to be like that on stage. I, I don't want to be, be negative. Like, yeah. I was raised by negative people, so like... It, it's bred in you. It, yeah, it's Do like think, my wiring is to like be mean, and it's like I'm fighting against it all the time. Do you think LA makes people negative? No, I think it's just whoever raises Just whoever you raise. Yeah, I was raised by super negative people. I feel yeah. like I came out as good as I possibly could have. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm like a ball of sunshine considering the like dump, dumpster fire I came out of. People like think I'm like, you know, my comedy can be a little mean or dark or whatever. Yeah. I am the nicest person in my family by a landslide. Oh, yeah, no. And like people, whenever people are like, you're this, you're that, I'm like nicest in my family by a landslide. Yeah. The other day I introduced someone to my friends and after leaving, they're like, don't take this the wrong way, but you're nothing like your family. And you're like, thank you. Yes. I, I was know. raised by my housekeeper. Oh. she's really sweet. And she's really sweet. So sweet. That I was raised her. by myself and I watched the Care Bears movie a lot. So I feel like that. <laughs> I was basically raised by the Care Bears movie. So I feel like that kind of bled into who I am. I also had a tutor like four days a week from like age nine to age 15, who was also an amazing woman. So I really? think that helped me too. Yeah. Oh, you were raised by like strong women. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up with a lot of strong women and that's why like feminism kind of confused me at first. Because you're like, yeah, no, of course. No, I was just like, wait, like, I, like I was just always like, can't you just start your own business and work hard? Like, what's your problem? Yeah. That's what I grew up around. I grew up around like women who run shit and get shit done. Well, I mean. So when women were like, we're being picked on or like stuff like that. I'd be like, which they are. Yeah. At first I was like, I don't understand. I had a hard time with that. Cause I was always like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Where it's yeah. like, as like, you know, the best examples of feminists are the ones who are just doing it and not complaining about feminism. But like, right. Then I don't know. As I've gotten more educated on it, I'm like, no, obviously there's like, yeah, there's obviously so much fucked up shit that happened. Yeah. Like women. I didn't know that yeah, I, I just didn't know was oppressed until I was like, Oh, it's funny you say that because I was actually talking to someone in my family who's like a businesswoman and like really strong. And and then after all these allegations started coming out, yeah, she realized that she like dealt with a lot of shit that she just didn't. Yeah, you just put on blinders. Upon. Yeah, because women deal with it so much. Yeah. And she is such a go getter. And yeah, has her blinders on and is like, I'm laser focused, blah, blah, blah. But then she was like, I don't want to say the name of but one of the guys who. Got who in trouble. Been, yeah. She was like, yeah, he like got weird with me once and I totally forgot about it. Yeah, there are so many things like when all this started happening and I still, I still, and I probably never will make it a big deal and I don't know if that's a reflection of my own issues or whatever, but I was like, oh, I just started thinking about all the times I was like, yeah, I was like literally just assaulted by that person. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> you're, you're so silly and just kept going. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. It's just that whole thing is so weird, though, too, because it's such a spectrum and is like mm -hmm. good for women to come forward and feel empowered. But I feel really weird, like knowing these like you hear this horrific story and then another woman being like everyone at the office always talks about how pretty I am. And it's like, well, you're just bragging. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. 
But you shouldn't have to deal with any of it, I guess. Yeah. I, I just know. didn't grow up around employees is, I think, the problem. I grew up around employers who, <laughs> Employers. Like, yeah. I grew up around women just, like, bossing men around. Well, so you never I had to see like, women, like, on a come up either? Like, you just saw the women at the top. Well, I Not did. to say that they didn't have to get there, but... No, I saw my sister on the come up because, like, I okay. used, she, like, started her own fashion company and when she was, like, 21. Like, I would, like, go to her office sometimes and help her pack boxes and yeah. do stuff. So, like, yeah, she was a real... But did she have financial help with that? I mean, maybe like a little bit, but not really. She like, I think most of her seed money came from, she was a model also. Yeah. Oh, so that's she, dope. she had money saved up. I for mean, modeling. she's great. Her clothing is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's clothing for people who are skinnier than me and are cool. It's actually, I learned it's not all, it's not about how skinny you are with certain clothes. It's about your torso length. Did you know I that? Have a, well, I'm can't wear most torso? clothes. I have a crazy short torso. Yeah. That's your problem. Cause you're not, it's you're not problem. overweight. It's your torso. Yeah, no, it's, this is how weird my torso is. Or it's like, I don't know if it's my torso. It's all of it. I have a, a little person's torso with regular people, arms and legs. If you actually look at my body, it's kind of creepy. But anytime I buy a dress or anything with straps, if they're not adjustable, I can't wear it. Because, like, my tits are too flat. It just hangs, like, down below my nipples. Yeah. I mean, I'm a guy who's, like, 5'6 and small also. Like, And now I'm, like, having to do all these, like, TV appearance stuff. So you have to have, like, cool it, clothes. It's such a nightmare because, like, if you're just, like, a regular guy and you have to, like, be on TV tomorrow, like, you just go somewhere and buy stuff and you'll probably be fine. Yeah. Like, I can't do that. Uh, I like, want to be... I'm the smallest suit size at J. Crew possible, so I have to get it online and order it. It's, like, stuff like that. I want to be your best friend so I can wear your suits because I feel like I could wear your suit. I would dress in your clothes all the time. I actually have this jacket. I'm actually, believe it or not, top man. I'm too broad for it. Oh, look at you, guns. Like really skinny dudes. Oh, man. I'm a really skinny dude. So I have uh, a jacket from Top Man if you want it. I do. 100%. I want it. Give me your jacket. Um, it, okay. L.A. God, what else is there? No. Okay, so you grew up in Beverly Hills. Do you feel like you were sheltered from the existence of... Because there's such a large, like, pretty poor population in L.A. Like, poverty. Yeah. Did you were you like oblivious to that as a kid? I mean, um, I guess every kid's probably oblivious to know what's not immediately around them. But like, yeah. At what age were you like, oh, there's so much more than Beverly Hills? Um, I mean, my parents both grew up really poor. Okay. So they constantly guilt and shamed me about oh, that. So like, it wasn't like I never. I knew worked that. every day to walk ten yeah. miles in the snow. My dad's from Africa and my mom's from East LA. So what part like, of Africa? Morocco. So they grew, they had it pretty real growing up. So they never let me forget that. And I wasn't like, I grew up like really privileged, but they didn't like spoil me. Like okay. I like had friends who were probably of lower economic status growing up that were like so much more spoiled. Yeah, they but, just got the things they wanted. Yeah, like... but I think also my parents, like LA is a really easy place to raise terrible children. And mm. so I think my parents knew that. So they like really tried to, to like not... not spoil you. And they were I... relatively protective i don't know how people have kids in this city it's really really tough because like imagine if like your kid goes to school with some like famous reality stars kid and they're growing it's like it's like mom i want to go to this you know super expensive thing yeah it's like it's easy to get disillusioned and i think that's what happens to a lot of the celebrity kids and entertainment kids who i who i was scared of like i think i was 16 and playing mario kart and they were probably like (sighs) the best 
I just got back from a Grammys after party and I'm six. I don't know, whatever it was. So I was scared. I was so scared of all those Because they were just so cool. Yeah. It's so weird to be like, oh, you're acting older. That's cool. And then you get like yeah. 24 and you're like, I got to cling to my youth. Yeah. Or like even in my school too, like a lot of like the hot, cool girls, like I'm 15, 16 and all the hot, cool girls have fake IDs and are like going to like nightclubs in Hollywood. That's insane. Yeah. But that's what it was. So they got like rich dads. They're going to nightclubs in fancy clothes. So then they come back home, like, because there was always that element of like the cool sixteen-year-old girl dating the cooler older guy. But like, it was even more so here because it's like that's so fucking creepy. Yeah, I probably had a crush on a girl in high school who like had just made out with like Justin Timberlake at a bar in the (laughs) '90s. I don't know. Like, that's just an example of like the distance that would exist between me and a. And a that, girl I had a crush on. Yeah. Were yeah. you, did you ever date girls in high school? Um, I did, yeah. I was you so, did. I was very scared of girls though. I yeah. Still, that's what I'm actually saying. I'm really happy about what's going on with all these guys getting in trouble and guy, every dude's like, well, no, I'm scared. And I'm like, well, I've been scared like, since been my scared. whole life. So welcome aboard to being scared of women. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. Uh, we're terrifying. Yeah. Were there, okay, so were there a lot of kids who did drugs and stuff? I feel like. Yeah, there was. When there's, because I went to school. That had a lot of money. I don't know why I went there, but like, it was just a public school, but it was like all the rich kids that went to yeah, public school. Yeah, there was school. drugs. Yeah, just, man, that's crazy. Did you ever get into like drugs or were you ever like, I should no. try drugs? Um, I tried them a little bit, but there was this like cokehead who was in my grade and he lived down the street and he God, had- It's a, weird to think of like a cokehead, like not just a, someone who does cocaine. It's like, you're a cokehead in He was a 16 year old cokehead in a yellow Corvette. What an idiot. Yeah. Um- yeah, I tried ecstasy once when I was like 15 and I freaked the fuck out. Oh no. And um I went to a rave, I did ecstasy and then I started seeing and I was little, so I imagine whatever ecstasy they gave me it was, was like too much. Yeah. So, I freaked out and cuz I started seeing everyone from my high school at this rave. Yeah. And then I was like they're going to tell my brother, my brother's going to tell my siblings, and then they're going to tell my parents that I'm on ecstasy at a rave freaked out oh and my then god baby Benji I sat on the floor at a rave and I just went like this for like 10 minutes straight I just went I need to go to the car 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 and everyone's like trying to calm me down and I like wouldn't stop that wow they let me go to the car and then I sat in my friend's Audi for I don't know how long hallucinating and then it was really wild because I would it was like a fancy car, and then so I'd kind of like doze off or like spin out in my own mind, and then I'd I'd all of a sudden I remember I'd like freak out and be like, I'm late for musical rehearsal. Musical rehearsal. <laughs> and then I'd move, and then an alarm would go off. There was like a motion sensor in the car, and I'm on ecstasy, so it'd be like, musical rehearsal, alarm going off, I'm in an Audi, I'm on drugs! And then that <laughs> happened like... <laughs> Every every thirty minutes for like five Just hours. Cycling. <laughs> I'm on drugs. And so that was like my. I think that was the first time I did drugs. And then I'm glad. I'm glad that didn't deter you. You're like I should try again. I no. I'm 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 not really a drug person. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I did. I think I tried ecstasy again like a year later. Because in the '90s, it was what everyone was doing. Because well, he was just like everyone else seems to like it, and it's cool. Yeah, like, it was like why? Fat Boy Slim and the movie Go and, and <laughs> Fat Boy Slim, Janko Jeans. It's like oh my god, Janko Jeans. So then I do it again. This time it's like a weird downtown rave that like was smaller. And someone finally offers us drugs. We buy it. <laughs> finally, we take it, and it's me and my dumb friend. And then. 
we wait like a half hour and we're like, we don't want to dance. Like we got sold fake drugs. We're leaving. Oh. So we drive away and sure enough, like a half hour into the drive, my friend's driving and his ecstasy kicks in. And I'm just like, he's just like, I'm on a wave. And I'm like, please pull, pull over. over. Yeah. And he's like, I'm all right, man. And I'm just like, no. Oh my God. But what a nightmare. Home, yeah, we got home safely. That's like Thank my God. biggest. I was yeah. always the person who was just coherent enough to be like, the driver is drunk. Yeah. Um, no, I was trying to get him to pull over. He wouldn't. Oh, I'm cool, man. You're so like, stupid. I'm going to die. My parents are going to find me. They're going to know I'm in ecstasy. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you were doing musicals. But there was cocaine, too. I did a musical sophomore year. And then I did a, a, a mus- another. I did a some- what musical. Hello, Dolly. <gasps> ah, beautiful. Yeah. Did you love it? Would you do mm. a musical now as an adult? I don't like musicals, no. Oh, you grump. I want to. I like. I want to like things. I don't like magic, and I don't like musicals. Don't like magic. Mm-mm. Why are you so pessimistic? I want to like it. I just will go and not enjoy. Have myself. you seen? I wish I had a magic trick to be like. What about this? My brain just doesn't like stuff like that. Like yeah. my brain with magic goes. I know that's not real. And then my brain with musicals go. Why would someone start singing in the middle of a story? That doesn't make sense. I do it. And then I do it sometimes, Benji. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't work for so me. So it just you can't suspend reality. I also like can't watch Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. Stuff I watch like it that. for the titties. Silly costumes and silly voices. And like I'm just like, why? Why are they British? They don't right. have to be British. Yeah, that I is not, a they're an interesting choice. Globe. Yeah. They're like, why don't you just make a complete fake accent up? But I guess no one can really do that. Yeah, stuff like that gets in my way, and I can't, <sighs> I can't absorb. I feel like magicians are people who, like, I feel like every comedian could have been a magician if our parents paid attention to us. The other thing with mu- uh, mu- magicians is they try to be funny sometimes. And, then and it's like, like no. Nope. Stay in your lane, magic boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I feel like the comic who's like, fuck magic. Because I feel like it'd be like, I feel like it's a cliche comedian thing to not like magic. But so that's just like year when people talk about you as a comedian years from now like Benji Aflalo hated magic like all the comedians <laughs> yeah. so I just don't go like my friend just did a birthday party at a magic show and I'm like I'm really sorry I love you I'm not an going. adult friend at a birth- yeah. uh, what a life I want to be that I, the thing is, is like, I like magic but like I wish I was more whimsical than I am like sometimes yeah. I'm really into like cute stuff but I have a friend that is just like 365 24 7 fairy tale princess she's also just super rich and can afford to almost live in this fantasy world but just disney princess everything and i'm like i want to be i want to just think that the world's beautiful all the time i think i think the world is beautiful the world is beautiful all the time but it's also can be real sad and i'm an empath and yeah no there's a lot of sadness yeah like who's talking like i've cried 10 times today oh my god 10 times why were any of them happy tears yeah, I cried happy tears. I'm sad about uh, Kevin passing away. I cried a little Kevin. bit about that. But th- these were like easy tears. Um, sometimes I cry just thinking about like the people who have hurt me. And, and then... You just... You gotta let that go, man. Cried about an ex. Oh, like fuck that. her. It's a little I'm sure she's great. Oh, yeah. never mind. Oh, shit. Now I'm a bad... I, re- I retract that statement. It's fine. Oh, uh, I hate that you cried, but I, okay. I get it. I cry all the time. I cry all the time. Um, there was something else I wanted to ask that was like LA related. I don't know. Okay, so when did you know you wanted to get in entertainment? Um, pretty much my whole life. Yeah. Did I, your parents have any thoughts on that, like positive or negative, being in, like in an entertainment city? Was it like, don't, 
Not actively, no. I think growing up here, there's always the like, the waiter's probably an actor. Yeah. Who should we ask? <laughs> you know? And then there's always a thing of like, because I acted in high school and stuff and plays and whatnot. There was always a vibe of like, people are going to take advantage of you if you're, you know, like, like it's never going to work out or yeah. you see all that. Um, you're never going to make it, kid. Yeah, you see all that even more firsthand because it's happening right in front of you. Yeah. And, you see the like weirdos on the streets trying to get attention your whole life, and people on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, so I always saw that. Yeah. So yeah, it, it there was it's a little more embarrassing I think for people from L.A. Like I always bump into this one guy from high school who like failed as a. <laughs> he like failed, but like he I think there's like there's always like a, I think people from L.A. are a little more embarrassed to be like I'm an actor or I'm trying to do that because yeah, you're like I'm just doing the thing that like we grew up around and. Yeah. yeah, that's like, I guess I shouldn't say this because it's most of my friends in Alaska but being like, I work on the slope. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's what you did? You just decided to stay here and work on a slope where there's oil or whatever? But at least oh, that's you just a, fish for, it's manly. But that's a thing. Yeah. Like, like wanting to be like an actor is like attempting a thing. Yeah, so when you're doing that, it's just like, okay. All right. You didn't see how that worked out for most people? Yeah, exactly. Was that like a weird thing to... I don't know. Are there is anyone else it in your sucks. immediate family in entertainment? No. It sucks because So it's like they made it five kids and then they're like, Oh, you wanna you wanna do the acting thing? You know, I've been doing comedy forever. Like imagine if every townie you grew up with and your entire family was watching you fail the whole time you were starting comedy. And then it's <sighs> like, Well, we're doing this or we got this job or I'm getting yeah, married right or here. I'm doing this and then it's always like, What are you doing? And then it's like and then they would always, they'd just be passive aggressive. Like, oh, did they pay you tonight? Or you didn't get paid? Or you broke even? Or did they give you a cheeseburger for free this time like that other place? Like, just condescending shit like that. God, yeah. And you did it for a long time of just. Yeah, a long time. When's, this is your first big TV show, huh? I started getting writing work, I think, when I was 29. So that yeah. was like when I kind of started getting a little bit of a break. But... And then that felt a little like, okay, it's not been for nothing. A little bit, but even in between getting like, this huge break and writing work, there was a lot of times where I didn't get gaps. work for I didn't I didn't get anything, and it was pretty depressing. It's just such a. I feel like you have to be okay with the lows. Like, what what point? Yeah. Because it. I'm like, at what point is anyone? The coast is clear, and I'm gonna be fine for the rest of my career. No one like, has that. There's always death. Every show you'll work on will get canceled. Every show will end, even if it's a stand-up show. That's what I'm most jealous of. It's like. People who are like nine to five grunts, it's blah, always blah. gonna be there. Yeah, but I'm like, you can have a normal life, like you can develop a a, a social life, a around social that. life, or like you be can on a make team. it. I'm yeah. Oh uh, yeah. On Mondays, I get to go to work a half hour late and stay half hour later, and I can go do yoga in the morning or like stuff like that. Whereas with me, it's like you well, have a routine. Sometimes I work 15 hours a day and have no life, and then sometimes I have absolutely nothing to do, and then I smoke too much weed and fall into a depression and can't even function. But then I have to be up at 2 a.m. anyways to do comedy. It's like it's like insane. And then it's like I feel like I'm two different people because I'm either yeah. like. OCD, working nonstop, having a baby myself and what I'm eating so I don't pass out while I'm working, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I have nothing. And then all of a sudden, like three weeks into nothing, it's like, oh, my God, I'm falling apart and I'm so depressed. And even if yeah. people are like, but things are going good, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't think you've seen how alone I've been for the last three weeks and how I have no responsibility and well, – Why don't you and, call friends? I mean, I do, but it's like, you know, it's like – It's hard, yeah. 
I say that. I go into I spiral. Well, it's like you wake up at 9 a.m. Let's say even a day where you did make active plans to do stuff. So it's like, okay, I'm going to hang out with Jessica at 4 p.m. From 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., I'm going to spin out. And then I'm going to go hang out with my friend at four and probably have a look of death on my face because of what the last seven hours have or been. Or I'm just going to cancel and be like, I can't. I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you hang out with Jessica from four to 5.30 and then you have to wait seven hours to do comedy again. And then it's another void of nothing. And you're also exhausted yeah. from doing nothing. All- and so it's like, it's, it's hard. God. Well, it's also like, I keep, delu- and I go on the road a lot. So it's like. It's just it's just different. It's not any harder or easier. It's just schedule wise is different. But it's, I keep deluding myself into thinking I'm gonna have a routine, like I'm just gonna every day I'm gonna wake up at six a.m. and go to yoga. No, I'm fucking not. I'm here at like two a.m. and I'm like, well, not tomorrow, but it, nothing. You can't have a regular routine. I'm good on the road. I I'm go to the, the gym ro- on the road. I'll like work I love out hotel gyms. I work out in my room. I'm a big videos on my laptop. Uh, workout. Take it into you, hotel gyms are always empty. I'm singing in yeah, them. Yeah, I could just go in there. They're so empty and they're usually pretty clean. I go ham on just like this isn't a thing I should admit, but I'll sometimes just have like full blown solo dance parties but naked in my room. And one time I was dancing to Beyonce and I forgot to put the do not disturb sign on my door and I left it unlocked and the housekeeper came in and I was like butt naked dancing to Beyonce. And that's when I knew I was doing what I was meant to be doing. But Nice. Um, I don't know why I told you that. Because we were discussing stuff. Yeah, I know, but I feel vulnerable. Uh, um, I, uh, I was trying to match your with vulnerability, but I didn't no, have but a similar you're, story. That's because you're a reasonably sane person. I don't dance. I know. You're, so I never have to deal with that vulnerability. I don't dance. Um, okay. Wait, so tell me about Alone Together. Um, it's amazing. It's coming out. When this comes out, it'll be the next day. January 10th? Um, yeah, it comes out January 10th. It's, uh, the first episode's already up on Hulu and Freeform On Demand and their Freeform website. Um, so is it all going to be on Hulu, too? It's all on Hulu, too, Are yeah. they? I didn't know they were, like, affiliated, or it's just on both? Um, I think they are affiliated even oh, more dope. so now, because I think ABC Disney bought Hulu and oh, some of that snap. Fox stuff. But I think they already had a, a good Hulu relationship. Oh, sick. Yeah. So it's you and Esther, who, and you guys have been friends for like ever anyway. Yeah, we met here at the comedy store about like eight years ago. I was a door guy here. She was fresh out of Skokie. Skokie. Um, we became friends, and um, yeah, we were, re- were really close friends. And then, um, you know, we got a little, uh, we were a little beaten down by our career in comedy prospects, and we decided to sort of make something on our own to prove that we could do it. I love that. And then we did that, and then it was a really long process to go from there to it was, a, it was all a long process so the timeline is is like yeah when did you start on this i think we wrote we wrote the short film we made in december of 2013 oh damn yeah and then we tried for months to try to help to try to find someone to help us shoot it because we obviously can't do that and yeah. then that took a while we finally found a guy he's awesome his name's jacob pinger he's like a director dp guy he helped us get it together and helped us produce it, and we shot that in April of 2014. Amazing. No, in August of 2014. 2014. So it took like nine months just to get it. Just to get From some... finishing writing it to like getting it filmed. And then we didn't have it done editing and everything until like November, December of that year. <laughs> Dang. And then we didn't actually start pitching it until a year later, so until 
Wow. Yeah, because that was really annoying and tedious to figure out. Too. A long, long yeah. process. Um, but your your chemistry is so great. The pilot's like amazing. Thanks. I'm super excited for you. Does it? So it takes place in LA, obviously. Yeah. Are there a lot of? Are there like any jokes that are gonna be funnier to like LA people? Like, um, do you have like LA references? A little. Sometimes it's hard for me to remember because it was just so much writing and so much acting that I can't remember every everything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's some. There's a good amount of LA stuff, and I want us to lean more into LA stuff because I think it's like very indicative of like how we feel out of place and i think it's sort of yeah la kind of lets you know exactly what you are oh in yeah so many ways um so so yeah like i think we probably have a van eyes joke in there somewhere and oh that's great and you know i'm from beverly hills i'm sure we have a ton of digs about that i just i can't i can't, you can't reco- remember i yeah. can't recollect everything. i just i just remember when i moved to la uh as i like got to know the city becoming aware of so many things that have been references in other films mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, like, so, like, I mean, such a silly reference, but Clueless, her being like, ah, oh, he lives in the valley. And like, and I was like, yeah. oh, I get it now. That was a huge LA thing growing up, like, especially in Beverly Hills, which Clueless was based on my high school. That's so funny. Um, there was this whole thing making fun of the valley, but I actually love the valley. And yeah, no, it's such a weird, I moved out here in the, so stupid. a girl who I moved out here at the same time as we were roommates, she's like, ah, oh, like, we live in the valley, but I yeah. don't really tell people that, and I was like, why? But It was a thing, I think, like, a long time ago. It's such a, like, little petty thing to be like, ew, you live on... You live where? It is. It's so stupid. But LA is such a big city that I guess I get not shitting on places, but like I am talking to a man on the west side now and I feel like I'm in a long distance relationship. It's yeah. a fucking like, ugh. Well, also now every house in LA costs $2 million. So to be like, ugh, the valley? And it's like, yeah, I live in a $3 million house, the valley. Yeah, how's what your you apartment in West Hollywood? Exactly. Bitch? So like it doesn't even exist anymore. I know. And the people are, I think, are kind of nicer in the valley. So. Yeah, I feel like they're more laid back. Yeah. Because they're, well, because they're obviously not trying to, like, maintain this image of what they think a a superior L.A. person is supposed to be. Because those people would be like, I would never live in the valley. Right. I would never, is that organic? And they just have, like, blow on their nose. And please be friends with me. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to ask you. I liked your stories. I'm very self-conscious about some of the things I said. What are you self-conscious about? Repeat it. Verbatim. No, you didn't say anything. You said what? I'm just so worried. Because, like, like, everyone preps you for, like, interviews, and they're just like, don't say anything stupid. Careful what you say. You know? And, like, and mostly I think I'm doing fine with all that. I think you're doing great. I don't think... I just don't trust myself. I I don't know. I I genuinely... I feel feel like I'm stupid, and so I'm going to say something stupid. If I... You're not stupid. That... I don't know what happened to you that that was put in your brain, but you're a very smart person. Thanks. Um, And I'm not just saying that, because why would I? Um, I would tell you, or I would ask afterwards, like, if something had stuck out to me, I'd be like, do you want me to cut that out because of the nature of this podcast? Right. But literally the whole premise is me asking stupid questions. So... I mean, I'm pretty sure I asked Brian Moses why I can't say the N-word. So Right. It's I can tell you why. I, I he told me too. Okay. Um I was gonna mansplain the N word to you. Yeah, please go on, you son of a bitch. You're like, I mean, I'm not as white, so I feel like I can tell you. No, but the uh, South Park episode I think about the N word is the best explanation. You I actually don't one? think I've seen that one. It's really funny. <gasps> I'm gonna go watch it. It's good. Ah, uh, South Park, great show. 
Um, yeah, no. So like everyone who listens tunes in to like hear ignorant things and like the whole thing is that like people have these questions and they're like, oh my God, if I asked that, it would be embarrassing or I'd get in trouble or I'd look stupid. Mm-hmm. So then we just cover them here and they go like, thanks for being not afraid to say that so that I don't feel dumb because I know that I don't hate anyone, but that's a weird thought that was bumbling around in my head mm-hmm. and I feel better about it because you discussed it. Mm-hmm. Right, you guys? Is anyone there? I don't have any listeners. Benji, I don't know how to tell you this. I don't even have a podcast. I just wanted to talk to you. That's cute. Um, okay, well, well, tell everyone about your show. When can they see it? I know you sort of said um, it, but... Wednesday, starting January 10th on Freeform. Yeah, and where can people follow you? What else are you doing? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and... His Twitter's great. And His um, Instagram's okay. But the show's also on Hulu. It's on, it's on demand. It's on the Freeform website. And you're working on season two. And we're working on season two, and we're so excited, and it's just such a fun group of people, and great writing, and great writers, and... Esther's so fucking funny, and she's she's great. And God, you guys are so great. It seriously is really so, good. You yeah. guys watch it, and then also um, tweet about it, and like let people know you're watching it, because I don't know if that really helps, but in my mind, that helps. So I think everything helps, right? Yeah. I don't fucking... I don't know what helps anymore, but um, yeah. you're great. Thanks for letting me ask you about LA. Any last nuggets you want to share with the world? Um, you don't have to. I feel like I want to cover everything that I'm scared. I yeah, said. go go ahead. No, I'm kidding. Any last nuggets? No. Um. Oh, I'll be at the as I'll be at the Aspen Last <laughs> like, what is he Festival. I think it's called or the I'll Aspen Comedy the... Festival in February. So look out for that. I <gasps> go there. The exact dates, but if you check the website, I'll be in Aspen. So I'm looking forward to that. And also in February, I'm going to be performing at the Improv in Indio with Ben Glebe. If you want to come. <gasps> Ooh, super f- Improv super in Indio. I haven't been there. I've done it it's in fun. a while. Yeah, and then they give you like those vouchers. vouchers, and I fucking last time I was there, I bought a whole pizza. I think it was Super Bowl weekend. I just bought a pizza and drove home, and I was like, "I've got pizza, guys!" Yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's really fun. Go see him. Go check him out. Um, yours are great. Uh, thanks, Benji. Thank you. Bye. All right, there you go. Living in Los Angeles with Benji Aflalo. Ah, uh, yay. Um, hopefully you didn't take any of his jokes too seriously or the ones I made uh, because that's not the point of this. And, uh, you know, chill out. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. Share it with your friends because everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Um, at Blessed Podcast on Twitter and at Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram to follow there. And... Uh, if you could do that, that'd be super helpful and I'd love it. And I'm trying to get better at interacting there. So keep, keep, uh, keep interacting with me and that'll sort of, uh, get me checking it more. Cause that's my biggest problem is staying on top of looking uh, a bunch of you have been tagging the Instagram is blessed account in your Instagram stories. Please don't stop. I love it, but I always miss them. And then when I finally see it, it's done and I'm like, what did you say? I hope it was a compliment. Uh, so thank you to those of you who are doing that. Uh, please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world, which is Beverly Hills. If you're Benji Aflalo and um, it's like, he's looking through solid gold colored glasses. <sighs> what a wonderful world. If you have any additional qu- questions, I, well, I can't talk additional questions for Benji. Um, you can send them right over to Benji on Twitter. He'll answer you or you send them to me and I'll talk to him. If you have a topic you want to get covered, someone specific, uh, you'd like me to interview, keep tweeting them at me, messaging me. Uh, I am working on getting the ones you guys request. I know it uh, takes a while. I know there's someone behind on a couple of you guys 
St. Questions for a paleoanthropology one I was supposed to do, and that had to get rescheduled, so that's coming down the pipeline. Uh, next week, we've got a great one with social media strategist um, Lene Cook, who is brilliant and also just the shit. You're going to love her. If you liked, um, I don't know, the Baron and Jake episodes, she's just really real and smart, and you're going you're gonna to love it. So uh, look forward to that and, uh, you know, keep sending your questions, uh, keep asking questions. The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Ah, <sighs> thank you for listening. And as always, thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots.